Welcome, everybody, to episode number 97, getting closer to that century mark, episode 97 of Throwdown Thursday. I am your host, Patsy the Angry Nerd. Uh, I am perplexed, because I, uh, when I got home today, I was looking for my wife, and all I found was this strange pile of dust. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Hashtag spoilers without context. <laughs> So I have no idea what that means, but hopefully things will be uh, back to normal in a couple weeks because we have our 100th episode coming up. So, uh, But that being said, I am joined by the Ironborn goddess of giggles, Agent Nicole. I know. I am here. I am here. I am not dead. I am not sick. Not uh, in space jail. I'm not in space jail, which is very important. I got like a, a free get me out of jail card, so I used that recently, and I'm here. She made a ton of photocopies of it because she's <laughs> very often in jail. <clears throat> but we are also joined by, as I like to call him, the hardest working man in podcasting. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Wolfenstein. And contrary to po- contrary to popular belief, I have never been in prison or space jail or anything like that. No, that's because well, they're too you. scared of you. <laughs> that is true. I've never been close enough to Benedict Cumberbatch to uh, get in prison. So, <laughs> as you know, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. But we have a very special guest today. We are joined by. Uh, not only a fantastic person, but a fantastic artist who actually did the artwork for the podcast. So when you look us up, the first thing you see is her artwork. She is helping me personally to do some artwork for my, well, it uh, seems like it's been coming out for forever. Uh, <laughs> how much do you tip an exorcist? Ladies and gentlemen, the insanely talented and insanely awesome Jeanette Andromeda. Sad facts cheering for myself. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I thought we for a second we lost you. I was like, oh my god. No. Like, How <laughs> I was dare trying really you. hard not to giggle through all of your intros. <laughs> How dare you? Um, as far as space name. jail goes, I may or may not uh, run one where I may or may not have uh, incarcerated myself in such a space jail. Um, that is up to your decisions. <laughs> Oh, you're probably the one next to me. I I think I vaguely remember you being in space jail. You know, if you accidentally lock yourself in your own prison, you are a terrible yeah. prison guard. I mean, or a really good one. That's Guys, I, does somebody have the keys? Shouldn't you have the keys? Yeah, yeah, about yeah. that. But I was terrible, and I should not have stolen that cookie. It was not labeled for communal use in the office refrigerator. So I locked myself up. And it was one of them special cookies, and now I can see vapor trails. Is that why everything's spinning right now? It's <laughs> entirely possible. I was just going to make a comment. I think your book will be out before we get George R. R. Martin's The Winds of Winter. Oh, yeah, 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 because that's never yeah, coming out. That's definitely. True. He even said recently that he is not going to be uh, releasing any more chapters or doing any more readings. It's like, yeah, it's because you don't have anything else, you liar. (laughs) So 
It needs to focus on world building. Yeah. It's hard to kill everybody. Come on. And then everyone died at the end. Um, and then everyone died. I mean, it's the easy story to of kill Game everybody. What he should do is be like, oh, as the, everyone got ready for the massive final battle, the comet that we saw in like season two comes back around and smashes into the planet, just makes a massive tidal wave and kills everyone. The end. The end. Amazing book. Aren't you yeah. glad you read all of those? 50,000 Also pages. watch the TV show. <laughs> all the companion books, guides. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so... One of the things we like to do, Jeanette, because you haven't been on mm-hmm. the show before, which I think is a crime. It is a crime. Um, <laughs> one of the things we like to do with our guests, especially our new guests who have never joined us, is we do a little thing called getting into character, where what we do right. is we ask you five random questions that you have absolutely no knowledge of, and actually no one has any knowledge of right now because I haven't written them down yet. Oh, God, we're winging it. We are winging it tonight. So, yeah, but I'm good at winging it. If I hadn't said anything, you wouldn't have even known that I was winging it. So, Jeanette, the first question we're going to ask is, um, what movie, even though you might have seen it a hundred times, what movie still hits you right in the emotions every time you watch it and maybe even gets you to uh, shed a tear or two? Oh no. So recently I rewatched Titanic because Alexander had never seen it before and I was what? like, "Oh man, all I remember is crying." So sure, let's watch this. How bad could it be? Oh my god. <laughs> it was so much worse than I'd remembered. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I cried for like a full day after watching that movie <laughs> recently. I was just like, it was so sad. They loved each other so much. And then there was the boat. It was just frozen. It was, there was uh, so much room on the door. I know, fucking Rose. <laughs> Why didn't she give her granddaughter the necklace after taking care of her forever? Oh I my. know, there's a lot in that. It's that just kind of like, what the that would have pissed me off. I would have jumped overboard and been like, bitch, what are you doing? I've been taking care of you forever. It's like, she's, you know, then she dies in her sleep, and then it's like, oh, what's the will? Oh, to my granddaughter, I leave this priceless fucking necklace that's worth billions. Oh, and by the way. Yes, I threw it over the edge. <laughs> it's at the bottom of the ocean. You just need to go get it. Yeah. Oh, what a dick. That's the mi- biggest fuck you ever. So I'm yeah, gonna, it really is. I'm going to stray from uh, the movie question now, because that was a good one. I uh, <laughs> Somebody did, I was watching some YouTube video the other day, and somebody did say that, uh, I think it was Cinefix, said that uh, it's kind of a testament to uh, James Cameron's genius that he was able to uh, get 11 Oscar nominations when everyone already knew how the movie was going to end. Yep. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> so, kind of in that thread, would you rather orbit the Earth once in a space shuttle, or would you rather take a deep, deep sea uh, vehicle and visit the bottom of the Mariana Trench? Oh. Oh, I don't know. Both are terrifying. <laughs> but one takes a lot more time than the other. It's true. I mean, 
it would be really cool to be up in outer space. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think I'd probably go with uh, orbit the Earth at least like just once to see all of planet Earth mm-hmm. and to see a perspective where not will ever even have the opportunity to be. I mean, you would, again, you wouldn't ever be able to be into the that deep of the ocean either. But there's just something so magical about being able to see like the universe from a new perspective. Whereas if you go underwater, all you're going to see is about five feet or nothing in front of you because it's just really dark and scary. So, uh, space. Okay. If you could have any mythical creature... Not as a pet, but as a guardian. What would you have? And don't say dragon. Ah, damn it. Really? <laughs> Everybody would say dragon. I want some creativity. Everyone would say dragon. All right, as a guardian? Yeah. like it, A mythical creature as a guardian. it obeys all your commands. You don't have to worry about it, like, going crazy and, like, you know, flipping out and attacking and killing somebody. Hmm. First thing that popped into my head was a brownie. Like those little mischievous <laughs> like, yep. little chipmunky things that get into a lot of mischief. I, if it were my guardian, it'd be able to, uh, I don't know, make sure. I don't know what it would do other than just be annoying and be a good friend. You know? <laughs> I was like, wait, I've never heard that trouble. those were a m- mythical creature. I was like brownie as in like the food brownie like no no not yes <laughs> no your brownie will get you a brownie the mythical the mythical if, brownie that's making the world spin for her right now yeah <laughs> if you've ever seen the movie willow there's these two brownie characters mm-hmm. in there and they are just obnoxious drunk like yeah. little mischievous creatures who cause mayhem and sometimes are helpful and i just found them so amusing that i think that would be really funny to have as a guardian a la Mushu from Mulan, you know, like maybe they're helpful, but mostly probably not. <laughs> yeah, kind of think uh, if people aren't familiar with what you're talking about, maybe some of our listeners are more familiar with kind of the little creatures that came out of the shattered mirror in Army of Darkness, the little tiny versions mm-hmm. of Ash Williams, where they all teamed up to, you know, attack him and tie him down and then dive down his throat. Yeah. So something like that. Interesting. Interesting. All right. If there was an ice, if Ben and Jerry's were to make an ice cream flavor based on your life, what would they call it and what would be in it? <laughs> based on my life? Yeah. Hmm. Uh Black Sparkle Eggless. <laughs> It'd be black ice cream with like holographic glitter in there. But it'd be made without eggs because I'm terribly allergic to eggs. Like, I also think like sparkly darkness is just me. <laughs> like all eggs? Like you know, are you talking just chicken eggs or like have you tried chicken snake eggs, eggs? Really? Fish so eggs? like I can't have any Ben and Jerry's ice cream at the moment because it's all full of chicken eggs. That's like lame. that's a thing I miss. Not even the non-dairy. Uh, haven't. I think even that one, unless they have like vegan kind now, because yeah, usually yeah. most most ice have. cream has. Oh, see, now I need to go find there, their vegan version. There's like ten different flavors of it. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh you, my gosh, <laughs> my world is just expanding. If you need I'm vegan excited. Stuff, in which case, toss some like chunky monkey in there. They would, have it. Would chunky monkey technically be vegan? 
I yes. mean, it's got monkey in the title. They do have chunky monkey. I don't think they use actual monkey. <laughs> no, no monkeys were no no monkeys were harmed in the making of that ice cream. The spirit of a monkey's in it. <laughs> Eating, you go wild. You go bananas. You go bananas. All right. So, and the last question that I'm totally not just pulling out of my ass, and I'm not just stalling, so I can think of something right now. Um, if you had the opportunity to display your art somewhere like you could you know you had a blank canvas and you could put it anywhere or no let me let me because i i I know you do a lot of art if you could sit down and get a free art lesson from any artist alive or dead who would it be Oh, that's a tough choice. Alive or dead, get one art lesson. Yeah, and it'll it'll like a full day, artist. like in eight hours, like you break for lunch, like you know, there's the you know the the introduction to the class, and you do the uh, the what you call it thing, the the who's it's uh, like you talk about the theory and stuff, and then you have your lunch break, yeah. and you come back and do you know you put it into practice, and you know you paint the whole thing. So it's kind of like a paint night. Mm-hmm. But like you have this famous yeah. artist teaching you, Jim Henson. Ooh, that's a good one. I would do a full day with Jim Henson. I don't care if I was drawing, building puppets, and I don't care what. Like to have the opportunity to be in the same space as that brain uh, would be worth everything to me. Okay, that's a good choice. Um, that's not what I was expecting, and that's kind of the reason why we do these <laughs> questions. No, I mean it's it's not like that's. I mean the reason we do these questions is to get you to, you know, get a little insight into uh, into your brain. So I think uh, yeah. that kind of wraps up that opening segment. So what we're going to do is, uh, have we talked about who we're talking about? No, today? we have not. All right, so who we're talking about today? <laughs> Because we didn't we didn't mention it on last week's show because we are just like overwhelmed with Infinity War stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about uh, this is the first in a series of two where we talk about uh, the amazing actress Gwendolyn Christie and two of her uh, most notable roles. Today we're going to be talking about her role in the Star Wars franchise as Captain Phasma. So. You know, stick right where you are. Uh, we're going to go to a quick break, mm-hmm. and when we come back, we're going to give you some thoughts and information and knowledge on Captain Phasma. Don't go away. Do you seek logic in an illogical world? Does your mind seek the knowledge of the universe and its relevance to society? Does your soul require a depth rarely found in the existence currently available to humankind? Here you, laddie. Where are you going with that, Tatis? Get over here, son. I'll break uh, your fucking ass, son. Got- Come here. Then keep looking, because Stascast isn't for you. Can't see this, folks. But what I did was uh, just in preparation of this discussion, I just went through. You uh, fucking prepared? Stascast does, however, bring you conversation from professional non-professionals about music, film, television, technology, society, in existence as a whole, or in pieces. Finally, we got to the point of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, we will always, we will always gravitate back. 
back to the anus. It is our home point from which all humor in this podcast will be generated. Jump into the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com slash StasCast. It's not a comedy podcast. This is a really badly organized intervention. You can also find StasCast at Stitcher Radio and on iTunes. It's all serious talk about stupid shit. You know, if you've got the kettle flax around your neck and you're about to kick the stool from underneath you, you know what? Why not look it up beforehand? <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created F is for Family, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday Podcast. Good evening, future passengers. Are you ready to sit back, relax, and join us on a ride of epic proportions through the mystical land of randomness? Am I a serial killer if I eat Lucky Charms? What would it be like if horror characters ran a gym? Who would run spin class? When a shark jumps out of the water, is it like suffocating for that split second? So join us every week for a brand new derailment with Goobs, Ripkin, and Jenny Bean. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Derailers. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and also on YouTube. Have a great night or day, folks. And we are back. We are back. It's uh, me. It's Agent Nicole. It's Jeanette. It's Johnny Wolfenstein. And we're here today. We're talking about Captain Phasma. So I think the first thing we need to do is we need to really discuss our first impressions. When, like when we first saw, uh, I know for me, I saw the trailer. Force Awakens probably about 650 times because <laughs> I was so excited because I love J.J. Abrams I love Star Wars um, and then you see like just this brief shot of this st- chrome stormtrooper and you're like what is this like I knew they were introducing new stormtroopers and like new classes and this is the first order it's not the it's not the Empire it's it's a new it's a new thing and what what are we what are we looking at here? So, uh, Jeanette, you're the guest, so we'll start off with you. What's the first thing okay. you thought of when you saw this? What was your initial reaction? Oh, shiny! Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that was my entire first reaction. <laughs> it was just for like you know in the trailer, definitely the first uh, first second that I saw was it was shiny so I'm a you know obviously a deep level thinker when it comes to (laughs) I just typed in shiny (laughs) (laughs) well uh, how about you there agent Nicole um I don't remember when I saw it when did the force awakening come out uh what's to this this year is 2018 2015 2015 um I didn't see the movie until way after it had been released. Like I probably like one of the last few weeks that it was still showing in in the movie theaters. I saw it. Um, I think Shiny probably sums it up for me as well. I was like, oh, okay. And then when I heard it was Gwendolyn Christie, I was like, say what? 
Say mm-hmm. what? It was her. And then I completely forgot. And then when I saw the movie and then I heard her voice, I was like, oh, my God, it's her. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Badass in the making right there. Just comes out all shiny. See, for me, when I first saw her, I had, you know, that crazy reaction like, oh, my God, who is this lady? Like, like I, I, I mean, because I knew it was Gwendolyn Christie mm-hmm. in that, you know, because I had heard rumors and things like that. But, you know, it's like, why is she wearing this chrome? Like, what's the story? And, you know... I watched a ton of these uh, like trailer breakdown videos where people like you know prognosticate and theorize and you know you learn through slow leaks and interviews and things that her armor came from a Naboo starfighter and we saw that uh, similar to the starfighter I forget if it's the same or it's a similar starfighter from uh, the Phantom Menace. The ship that they're all zipping around in throughout that entire film. You know, the one that's got Natalie Portman and Ewan McGregor and whiny-ass Jake Lloyd. Um, that's what her, her armor is, and that's what makes her, you know, obviously stand out. I and mean, that's one of those things that, that Star Wars does really well is to give you a character, if you're supposed to pay attention to them, give them a way to stand out, especially if you're going to be doing uh, some sort of, like, wide shot or big battle scene you know a lot of actors were like hey you know i'd really like to stand out which is part of the reason why uh sam jackson had a purple lightsaber so he'd be able to pick himself out when he was you know watching the the movie he'd be like hey look there's me right there or when someone else was watching i don't know if he watches his own stuff i'm sure you guys have this research or or have seen this so uh, if if I'm stepping on toes and and you're going to talk about it later, then please uh, just tell me so. But did you guys know where Captain Phasma came from? As far as the idea from J.J. Abrams? No, I didn't come across that. They said that, like the costume was from the uh, Phantasm. I think he's a huge fan of the movie Phantasm. And if you guys have seen the spheres oh. that yeah. you know that the tall man has, they're chrome, and so he actually. <laughs> Uh, he refurbished or has like a, a re- remastered, a, like a 4K remaster of um, Phantasm that he that J.J. Abrams like helped shepherd along mm-hmm. because he's such a huge fan of the film. So that's what it came from. Is Captain Phasma came from Phantasm? That's pretty oh, cool. That's cool. So that's why you you can attribute the color of her armor uh, to that, and and also the nod in the name Phasma comes from from that as well. It makes sense. So Nicole, I see you. That have... does make sense. Yeah, I'm just looking through. Don't don't ask me anything. Oh, okay. So <laughs> now, Jeanette, uh, you mentioned off air before we started recording that you kind of went through some of uh, some some of the research materials that are out there because obviously yeah. in the films we don't get a lot. Well, not anything. <laughs> she shows up. She gets thrown in the garbage chute, and then like. Next next movie, we see a little bit more, but mostly she shows up and she gets thrown into something else. Like that just seems to be her character character arc. <laughs> so, maybe gravity affects I, her greater than other people. Maybe I mean it is a lot of chrome. It, it could be that magnetic forces are just a, attracting things to her. 
But I was actually really surprised when I was looking up Captain Phasma today that there was more backstory. I'm like, where is this story in the movies? Yeah, that seems to be uh, something that Disney, at least uh, recently, has started doing with a lot of their um, a lot of their properties. Like we saw it with, um, you know, uh, Marvel with the Avengers, how they've kind of, uh, you know, sort of to fit the movie narrative. They've because Disney owns Marvel, they've gone in and changed the comics. You know, so the uh, even something so small as the color of the Infinity Gems, they've gone back and kind of retconned so the comics match the movies, so people have an easier time following along. Hmm. Um, and this is one of the things that they do. Like they put out a lot of, um, a lot of companion books and, uh, you know, novels and comics and, you know, a lot of different literature. And, um, you know, like, like you were saying, you know, you, you saw the comic and I know a little bit about it, but why don't you explain to us what you saw and the impression that it made based on what we've seen on screen. So if people aren't familiar with the comic and they don't know, you know, because the comic paints her in a totally different light than we saw in the movie. And she's just like, hey, you didn't do what I said. Who gave yeah. you permission to take off your helmet? Oh, I just got punched by Chewbacca and now I'm being thrown down a garbage chute. Like, that's yeah. the extent of her involvement. So, Well, in in the movies, I feel like all we get is, hey, I'm a bad guy. Are you? Though we haven't seen anything bad from you. But just from the brief, like, oh, there's a comic st- Oh, I can get, like, in the first couple pages that there is so much more to her. She just, it's like, oh, there's the badass that's sort of promised with the outfit. Cool. I'm, I actually really want to go find the comics now and read them because, like, I think Captain Phasma as a character is a really cool design. It would be nice to have something of substance behind it beyond, I am in charge of you, therefore I am bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's not just um, that. That's not really a, a character description. Like that's more like no. Like it's not even an outline. It's kind of like you know, you know, this guy's a bad guy because he's wearing a black hat. Like who? Ooh. Who cares? <laughs> you know, if you're gonna make someone stand out in that way. Give them a reason to. Right. You know, because like, oh, why does she wear this chrome armor? She must be, maybe she's force sensitive. Maybe she's got powers. Maybe she's all scarred and beat up and she's part robot. Maybe they needed to make this particular thing to hold her together. Well, I mean, one of the things I think, isn't that maybe part of the mystique as to why she's such an interesting character? It kind I, of. I'm not saying it's right, but no. like, just think about Boba Fett in the original trilogy. How badass was Boba Fett, and how much screen time did he have? Right, and how and how Nothing. much did he go out like like a chump? You mm-hmm. know, at the end of uh, of Jedi or <laughs> or beginning of Jedi, I should yeah. say. You know, so it, I think that they tried to do something similar with Phasma, where Boba Fett was this this character who took on a life of his own, 
mm-hmm. because of the mystique about this character. What? How did? How did Boba Fett come to be? And then, you know, and then in the in the prequels, we get kind of a half-ass sort of thing where it wasn't as cool as you had imagined. Right. I think that's one of the disappointments of of the. Uh, prequels and I, I generally like them, but that to me was a little disappointing. I wanted something a little cooler than that, I think. But like, I, I do think they tried to go for something similar, you know, like kind of a female Boba Fett. And the good thing about about things now is that now that Disney's in charge, they can they can tell a Phasma story at any time. Mm-hmm. You know, later on they can go back and explore how she became that. I'm not saying they will. I don't know if that'll you know if she's as popular to carry a film yet. But that is a possibility, and it, it it does it does diminish the character, I think, a little bit because you see this really cool character, and and you know she she seems like such a such a strong, powerful character, but she kind of like goes out like a chump here and there, and yeah. it's like, <laughs> oh, there's so much potential. Why would you do this? And you know, my my thought is that maybe J.J. Abrams created this really cool character, and then. Um, you know, and then uh, I'm drawing a blank on second director's name. Ryan I don't know Johnson. why. Ryan Johnson. And maybe Ryan was like, well, maybe I don't I don't have plans for her, so I don't, I'm not really going to use her much. Yeah, I think he did so, that with pretty much everyone in the film. Uh, I don't think so. But with, with our character, maybe J.J. had something more in mind, and then it didn't get carried through the way that he had maybe envisioned. So, you know, I, I'm not quite sure uh, what what the, you know, what it is. But I think that while there have been some missteps with with the character, I do think that there's a lot of mystique still behind her, and and I do believe she's still alive. Um, oh yeah, I think so too. So, yeah, definitely. So I think we there are more stories to tell in her future and in her past. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think they did some some things really well, and they've done some things really wrong with her. And hopefully, mm-hmm. that, that's something that they could potentially uh, explore later on. The, from what I would really like to see them explore more of Captain Phasma in the future. No, I agree. I and, you know, the the biggest difference between her and Boba Fett is that Boba Fett actually was crucial to the plot of the second uh-huh. and third film. Like, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, he just goes out like a chump. Yeah, but he captured Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. something no one was able to do. Like... Phasma was just, oh, I'm holding my gun all cool. Oh, I got punched in the face. And then in the next thing, like, in the next film, you see her and she really doesn't do anything again. Like, she has a little yep. bit more of an impact because she has a little bit more screen time. But mm-hmm. she, like, everything that happens in her arc is because of Benicio Del Toro's character. Like, it has nothing to do with stuff that she's gone out and done. Like, they literally came to her and screwed up. Like, it's not, it's not like, you know, she used her skills to track them down. You know, so nope. I think that, and, you know, I think, Wolfie, you, you hit on it, is Abrams had this idea, and Ryan Johnson has said, well, I had no plans for any of these characters. I really didn't look at Abrams' script I just told the story I wanted to tell. So it's like they're trying to tell two separate stories within the same franchise with the same characters. And I well, think, there had to have been some through line. I mean, I don't think they're just like, all right, Ryan Johnson, go nuts and do whatever I'm you want. I'm just saying what Ryan you know? Johnson said. This was his quote. Yeah, I mean, I, did, I have listened to his, his commentary on, on, on Last Jedi as well. But 
you know, I think that Disney certainly has a little bit of say. They can override whatever, you know. Correct. But if but they hired him to, and they they put their faith in him to make a good movie, mm-hmm. and then if he can convince them that's the right reason, I'm sure it's a, I'm sure they'll go along with it. But I don't think they were like, okay, here you have complete free reign. I'm sure they said, okay, this has to happen, this has to happen, this has to happen. Now go nuts with that. Yeah, I'm sure. Like maybe in the third third film there will be some sort of um well it's abrams again so oh, it is abrams okay yeah. and i'm guessing because just reading through the notes like gwendolyn christie really campaigned hard for this film uh, for for captain Pasma. like she like this character was intentionally supposed to be a, a male and she you know <laughs> a lot of the times they were kind of giving disney and the star wars franchise kind of shit for like you know we need more female presence in these in this franchise, like especially with how the generations are growing up now, mm-hmm. there's a lot of strong female characters and Gwendolyn Christie, you know, props to her for being so adamant and like very vocal about wanting to continue this story of Phasm. Cause I have absolutely no idea. Like, you know, I think it does what Wolfie said, like, you know, it kind of goes with that, um, like mystique about her. You don't know what she's really truly about. And I'm hoping that they mm-hmm. do expand her story because she sounds like an amazing character. And I know Gwendolyn mm-hmm. Christie is very concerned about how her character might be at the very end. And like, you know, we're getting, unfortunately, a solo film. Maybe, a solo, solo film. Solo, solo film. Maybe we'll get a film. <laughs> film. Like, I would be totally done with that. See, kind of my... like understanding her from how she goes from, you know, this young little child to this high-ranking officer in the first order well that's partly touched on in the comic mm-hmm. um Jeanette, why don't you tell us what you found in the comic and then we can kind of like bounce off of that and kind of you know expand upon that with uh the rest of our discussion here well mostly i was curious to hear what you had found about it because i've only ah. just dipped my toe into that all i discovered was oh my god she has a comic Oh my god, there's a backstory? <laughs> All right, so, That's the extent of my knowledge. Uh, so there's excitement, and I'm very, very curious okay, to hear okay, okay. about what you've learned in reading it and versus what we've seen on screen, because most I'm, of my knowledge of Phasma is just on screen. All right, so I, mis- I misunderstood what you, uh, what you were That's saying okay. earlier. So basically, the first comic that came out tells the story of what happened uh, with Phasma after she shut the reactor down. And after she was thrown in the garbage chute. So she obviously gets out of the garbage chute. But her number one priority is wiping out any trace that she was the one who uh, shut the shield down. Mm -hmm. So she goes and Mm -hmm. looks. She's trying to wipe everything out of the computer. And it turns out somebody already accessed the computer. So she altered the logs to make it seem like he did it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, well, he knows the truth. I have to kill him. So she tracks him down. Like, and this is where there's a true, um, a true comparison to Boba Fett. Like, there's a true, like a line drawn directly from point A to point Boba. So what they, what she does is she gets a pilot. Like, she even walks by the lightsaber battle that Rey and and Kylo were having ignores it because she's so intent on showing her loyalty and like not willing to uh 
admit to any type of mistake or disloyalty or weakness or anything. So she grabs this pilot, they get a ship, and they follow him. They track where he went. And they found, I forget what the name of the planet is. Like I said, it was, this is recent that I just checked this out. And she gets down there and there's this, uh, they take off all their uh, Imperial, not Imperial, but First Order, uh, you know, armor and insignias and things like that. And they meet the natives and the natives are, you know, rather primitive. And she's like, where's this guy? And they basically tell her, oh, this, uh, this other tribe took him. And she's like, all right, well, that might be fine. They might kill him, but I really have to make sure. So she goes and gets her. She convinces them. And this is very uh, Return of the Jedi convinces them that she came from the sky to lead them to victory <coughs> in a war against this other race. So she's got her shiny, you know, you know, like with uh, the Ewoks and C-3PO. She got this shiny armor and she literally came from the sky. So they're I don't know if they're worshiping her as a deity or like a sign from whatever deities that they have. So. They start a war. They go after uh, this warring tribe just so she can get behind enemy lines and kill this other Imperial guy. I keep calling him Imperial. I'm probably still going to keep calling him Imperials. <laughs> this other First <laughs> Order guy. And he's like, he's like, oh, I'll never tell anybody. And you know, I'm so sorry. And, you know, please don't kill me. And she's like, well, there's only one way I can guarantee that you don't, you know, that you don't tell anybody what I did and so she kills him then she's like oh shit there's a pilot over there pilot's like I didn't hear a goddamn thing she's like (laughs) maybe but either way there's a chance you did and I can't risk that kills the pilot too so now nobody knows what happened vicious yeah where the hell is this shit in the movie? So she goes. This is back. what I want to see. <laughs> she goes back and goes back to Hux. Now, from what I understand, when she was a child, she was on the planet of uh, Parnassus. That's her. That's her home planet. And a similar type of thing happens because uh, she remarks when she's on this planet how she doesn't like it because it reminds her of her home world. And this is it from the novel, so I'm kind of like trying to piece all the stories together. She, um, her and her brother are the only ones that survive between like these two huge clans that are warring. And she ends up like, okay, we're going to join the clan that didn't attack us. And she becomes the best warrior. You know, some first order people land and she's, they're like, well, we're looking for the best warriors. She's like, well, I'm the best warrior because she wants this opportunity to get off this planet. Like, she doesn't like it. She hates where she lives. She's like, there's so many other planets. I can get out of here. And I believe it was Hux's father. Because they they gave the different first names. Like, his name is like, I keep wanting to call him Aldous, but that's Aldous Huxley who wrote... uh, uh, Brave New World, and I know that's not right, but I think that might be who he's named after. Um, he's like, oh, okay, you know, so he takes her and trains her, and she becomes, like, this badass warrior. Now, Nicole, I see you looking at your notes. No, I'm just 
reviewing stuff. It's nothing but the comics. You're totally looking at your notes. I am looking, but it's <laughs> nothing related to what you're talking oh, about. Fine. So then, you know, if I remember correct, and I may be crossing some things over, the armor that she gets is actually... Fr- like, it was either given to her directly or... It was part of Palpatine's collection, but but either way, she gets it through Palpatine, who I I believe his homeworld was Naboo. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, it says Phasma wore armor coated in Crodium Savage from a Naboo yacht once owned by the Galactic Empire's Empire Palpatine. Palpatine. Okay. So it was so. All right. I knew that I was trying to remember exactly what it was because I was trying to review a a bunch of stuff. Uh, earlier today and like a lot of things were getting kind of overlapped but yeah so her armor like we said is from a Naboo starship and it happened to be Palpatine's mm-hmm. so which is pretty awesome like if you're going to make armor from something like that's a good thing to make armor from okay I have a one question because I am not very in depth with the Star Wars franchise Who's Palpatine? Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> sorry. Oh, boy. I am sorry, everybody. Have you ever seen any of the Star Wars movies? I have, but like this was when I was a little kid, so I don't I haven't really Palpatine is the guy who looks like a ball sack. Uh, <laughs> he's like the little dude. That's the best description of <laughs> looks like a ball sack. Okay, hold on, I'm just gonna Google this shit. You I'm... could just say the Emperor. Well, okay, to make it a little easier for her. <laughs> what did you just read Emperor off of your Palpatine. paper two seconds ago? The Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> you literally just read it off your paper, so Sorry. I didn't think saying <laughs> the Emperor would make you. Would it would have been better because there's how many empire emperors in this? one? Okay, that. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. I should not. Jeez, okay. how many emperors are there? Uh, one. Oh. I'm sorry, everybody. I just probably just crushed a lot of people's <laughs> hearts. That's not your fandom. It's okay. You're a Trekkie. You're not a war war <laughs> You know what though? There, there. I mean, there may be other isn't people. Isn't there out. a Palpatine in Star Trek as well? Like, there's a character named Palpatine in that. Mm-hmm. Does he somewhere. also look like a ball sack? Probably. I mean, he's not entirely as wrinkly. But he's still an old dude. <laughs> he's just more hairy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got a, a little bit more hair than Emperor Palpatine. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you who that guy is. See, that is the. I Emperor. got it. I got yeah. it. Wolfie, you were going to say something. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, I'm sure, like like Nicole, there's some other folks who don't know all you know all the details. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're not super into Star Wars either. So, uh, Agent Nicole is the proxy for. <laughs> For you know, for the person who doesn't know, I'm sorry, everybody. Go. Thanks, Agent Nicole. <laughs> if, if anything, you made me feel good, actually, because I'm like, oh, I don't know that much about Star Wars, but <laughs> hey, I know who that guy is. So thank you. <laughs> That's such a douchey thing to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm not as dumb as you. <laughs> Okay, normally I feel really dumb in like nerd conversations, so <laughs> No no, yeah, that's that's fine. That's all right. Like I said, <laughs> it's not it's not everybody's fandom. I had this conversation at uh Rhode Island Comic Con, like 
I was getting ready to, I was waiting outside for the Star Wars trivia contest. And one of the volunteers that was running it didn't know much about Star Wars. And some asshole was giving him shit. And he's just like, Aww. and I was like, hey, everybody's got different fandoms. Like, take a look around you in this room alone. There's like people dressed up as 25 different characters. Like, mm-hmm. so what? Yeah, Star Wars is big and it might be important to you. It's clearly important to everyone who's in line here because they think they know enough about it that they can win a trivia contest. Mm-hmm. But just because someone's running it doesn't mean that that's you know they they were assigned here as a volunteer like mm-hmm. they don't have to know it and the kid's like yeah that's a good point like you know the the volunteer was like yeah you know if this was a doctor who competition i'm like yeah and if this was a doctor who competition i wouldn't be here because i don't know a damn thing about doctor <laughs> who so See, there you go <laughs> everybody's got different fandoms yeah. and everybody's got different stuff i just expected nicole to do her homework I was on vacation. She was on vacation. She was gallivanting around all weekend. Didn't show up to work on Friday. Didn't show up to work on Monday. Just like, you know what? I'm not going in. (laughs) Didn't clear it with anybody. Just decided not to show up. Yep, that's why I do. Well, that's what sick days are for, isn't it? (laughs) Totally unscheduled day off. She's like, yeah, I'm not coming in tomorrow. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. And then she slapped (laughs) everybody in the face. She's not my supervisor. Yeah. And this, this other girl we work with is like, oh, well... Well, how come you're not coming in? And Nicole's like, come here. I'll tell you why. And she comes over. And Nicole slapped her and said, none of your goddamn business. That's why. And I was like, that was that was aggressive. I have my moments of aggression. But... I was like, wow, that was really aggressive. And then she didn't come in uh, Friday or Monday. So, yeah. But karma got to her because her seat didn't recline at the movies. So I was like, that's what you get for slapping people. <laughs> Let's not talk about that part. Half but... of that happened. Yeah. I'll let you decide which, <laughs> which half. Um, is there any more to the comics? Because I do have something that I would like to share. There's a lot more to the comics. Okay, you continue. No, 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 no. no. I was going to say, I don't know all of it. Okay. Like, there's characters like her parents and, like, exactly exactly what happens in, you know, her home world and, like, her training. Like, you know, but I don't know it all. Mm-hmm. You know, because this is... As much as I enjoyed the character and I, as much as I like Gwendolyn Christie, I just don't know as much. And there's a lot of source material. Like, I thought, I'm like, okay, we decided we were going to do this like weeks and weeks ago. And I'm like, oh, I'll download the audiobook. I get a free credit. We already own the physical novel. Sure, I'll read it by then. Guess what I didn't read or listen to? Yeah. So, oh, no. So I did a bunch of research over the last couple of days trying to figure out you know exactly what we have but i was inundated with work because nicole decides she's not going to show up so i have to do all her work and all mine you don't even know how to do my work yeah and that i had to do training so i could learn how to do her work we're getting way off topic go ahead and and do your your thing okay so let's bring it back to the films because a lot of us know the films a little bit more than the comics I was looking uh-huh. through this Wikipedia. Wait, wait, say that again. Wikipedia. 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 You are putting all the emphasis on <laughs> Wookie. Um, <laughs> so one of the things I just read is for Phasma's role in The Last Jedi, Christy and Ryan, uh, director Ryan Johnson, discussed the character exchange, exchanging ideas. In fact, Phasma was originally meant to not be in the film for The Last Jedi as she was supposed to be killed off in The Force Awakens, but Marvel Comics, the um, the 
comic book series Star Wars Captain Phasma brought her back in order to use her in the film. So that's kind of that's kind of really kind of putting like everything together like we weren't supposed to have her but I'm sure it's a lot of people were kind of like really up in arms about wanting her in the film and like how much they really wanted to see her succeed in this franchise and it said that Johnson originally wrote a line in the in for line for the Flynn's battle with Phasma in which Phasma was to to reveal that she spent three weeks in a star killer basis trash bin so Finn was to ask her how how she ate, but the line was cut because it was impossible as the base the base was exploding at the same day and all that shit. But did it, Ryan Johnson even watch the first film? I don't, see, I don't know. <laughs> I had to live in a ba- in the trash for three weeks. Oh, how'd that work out after the planet exploded ten minutes later? <laughs> it was a very well constructed trash compactor. Yeah, it saved her life. In fact, (laughs) clearly, but it's just it's kind of you kind of see how much of a kind of like not like a cult following, but such a like a little following of a lot of people really wanting to. I would I would call it a cult following, like a cult following (laughs) for Captain Phasma of wanting to see where her story is going to lead us. And well, that brings up to the conclusion of what's going on in the last jedi with that last battle with her and finn and we see her basically get chucked into the explosion well there is there is a deleted scene which is basically the same the same thing that i saw i came across on youtube because i still haven't purchased that movie which is highly unlike me but um there's a scene where it's it's essentially the same thi- same thing. It's her facing off with Finn. She's surrounded by there's two stormtroopers behind him, and then two behind her, and then another one. So like think of a square. So there's like six of them, you know, two on the short ends of the rectangle behind each of them, and then one on either side. Okay. So one on their left, one on their right. One two in front, two behind. And so he says to her, he's like, oh, you know, how would you, you know, you're, you're such a disciplinarian and, you know, how would your, your stormtroopers react if they knew you were the one who, who lowered the shield? Mm. She goes, oh, nobody would ever believe that. But then like, this is where like, I'm glad, like one thing that. I think Johnson did well was getting actors instead of just stunt people to play important stormtroopers. Cause uh-huh. stunt people are great. You know, you don't need to see their face, but you still have to express the scene and the emotion that your character is feeling. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing that with a mask and you're covered in armor, it's a lot more difficult to do. So, yeah, it did, is. so you can see they're starting to realize like, Hmm, how did she get off the base? How was it that, you know, the she was supposed to be in charge, but the thing still went down? You know, the shield still came down and, like, the base ended up getting exploded. So that, and this sort of ties into the comic where, I mean, at this point, her mask is cracked, so you can see her eye. Yeah, I would have liked to talk about mm-hmm. that one. She, uh, you can kind of see the, the realization, and she turns and kills everything. Every single one of them. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. She, she goes to kill Finn, <clears throat> but Finn. Now I don't know if this was a finished scene or like they just kind of you know, like they didn't polish it up because it looked like he lopped her right hand off. Oh. Because she stands over him like she boots him, and he gets knocked into the pile of dead stormtroopers, and she stands over him with her pike, and she's about to impale him. Yeah, it says he here. Gives that stupid rebel scum line. But yeah. picks up a shotgun and blows her away. Yeah, it says the deal between Phasma and Finn was to have ended differently. Finn ended up revealing in front of her surviving stormtroopers escorted that Phasma squealed like a whooping hog about the base defense for the Starkiller base, thus making her responsible for the base destruction. The stormtroopers then tried to attack her when confronted with evidence of her tre- uh, treason, only to have her to, for only for her to kill them while Finn capitalized on the d- distance of by cutting her hand off. Phasma would wow yeah Phasma would have met her end when Finn blasted her with one of the stormtroopers' blasters after the scum exchange between the two. So that was a back uh, behind the scenes kind of tidbit right there. Hmm. Yeah, and, and you get to see this a little bit, but I didn't. Um... I, I I don't know. But um I want to touch down on a touchdown. I want to touch upon <laughs> um that last scene where you see Phasma eye uh, Phasma's eye. Um Daisy Ridley who plays Ray in the uh Star Wars franchise suggested Wait, who's Ray? Which one is Ray? <laughs> Ray Park. <laughs> oh, yeah, Ray Park. <laughs> uh, suggested that the idea of Phasma's eye being exposed by the fight with Finn in the film. Oh, oh, she was the one who suggested that, um, suggested that idea. So Daisy really is the one credit her for that. And that Johnson agreed feeling that it would be disturbing to show that someone as cruel as Phasma actually being physically beautiful. Costume designer, Michael Kaplan originally wanted to take off Phasma's entire helmet, but Johnson insisted that to only showing Phasma's eyes stating that Phasma's face was too much, Showing was showing too much, needing to be mysterious. In addition, Johnson, Kaplan, Mark Hamill, and Christie implied that the possibility that Phasma might have survived her duel with Finn and could be in the next Star Wars film. uh, With Johnson joking, adding that Phasma is the Kenny from South Park in this series. (laughs) However, recently Christie has begun worrying about that she won't be able to expand and explore Phasma's story in the ninth installment given that the strong possibility that Phasma might not return so it's I hope she comes back me too I really would like to see her I like would like to see this backstory of her um Jenna what would you like to see in the next Star Wars film with Phasma if she does come back I think it would be so interesting and wonderful after two movies of just like, hey, I'm here, oh my god, bye! To have some actual story with her and Finn, particularly. Yeah. Because that relationship keeps getting hinted at. And it, it just, like, just the hint of it, it's so tantalizing. Like, there's got to be something cool there. There really could be. And I really hope that she does come back, and if... If she, like, survives that explosion and comes back and then does something super badass Mm -hmm. and nefarious, that would make 
both of the oh my god why moments just work for me at least i i like that what about you patrick <clears throat> i just want to see her actually do something that's yes meaningful like so far like you know it, it doesn't seem like ryan johnson really wanted her in the film yeah and so her main uh purpose was to cuz i think that scene that they cut is way better than the scene that they kept okay yes yeah. like that's so much better why they cut it i have no idea especially where it ties directly into how she is and who she is in the comics that i'm sure disney is the one who who initiated that whole thing mhm my issue is that she was only there she only existed to set up arguably the worst fucking line in the entire franchise. You take. This is making me angry. You get. If you're going to go one on of an angry, angry rant, you get two minutes. One of the best lines in all of Star <laughs> Wars is when everybody gets captured and the guy comes in in his epic fucking voice. It's like, rebel scum. And then they twist that and they ruin it. She's like, she goes, you're always, you've always been scum. And he's like, rebel scum. And then he, like, picked up a shotgun, aimed it at her, waited, ate a sandwich, winked at the camera a couple <laughs> times, then shot her. Like, if this was her, like, if this was true to the character I think we've seen in other media besides the films... She would have just like launched the the thing at him and killed him, like mm -hmm. throwing it like it would, he wasn't wearing armor. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing; hers is the first armor I've ever seen do anything. Yes, like everybody else went like, it's like oh, I'm wearing armor. No, you're not. You're wearing Tupperware that's molded to look like armor. Like <laughs> none of if you can get taken out by a rock, dropped by a teddy bear, that's yeah. not armor. Nope. So, yeah, it's just, there's so much more that I want to see from this character. And I know I'm not the only one. You know, obviously uh -uh. just you guys in here are, are are on the same page. Like, there's so much that can be done with this character. And I think a lot of the, this is my personal opinion here. And if you want to disagree, that's fine. But I think a lot of the the issues that came with this this film, a lot of things that people were complaining about, was these weren't Ryan Johnson's characters. He didn't really care enough about them. Uh -huh. Like, he wanted to tell a story, but he also had to deal with the story that... Um, what's his name? Uh, Abrams had already told. And deal yeah. with characters... Like, he didn't want Captain Phasma to be in this film. Yeah. You know, and then he tried giving her, like, the shittiest lines ever. And she went out like a chump a second time. Like, where everyone's uh -huh. comparing her to Boba Fett, where, like, you see a brief glimpse of Boba Fett, and then you see him do, like, that all-time best fucking tracking move when he when he follows the Millennium Falcon to Cloud City, like, hanging out in the garbage because he knows... That's the best place to find 
you know, if if the Falcons are gonna, you know, uh, get away, that's the best place to do it. Like that was brilliant. Phasma hasn't had that moment in the movies. Nope. Like she comes in, she gets her ass kicked, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. Like at least in the first film, like she took a solid right hook from Chewbacca. Now we know <laughs> that Chewbacca is incredibly strong. Like incredibly strong. Even at like, you know, two hundred and fifty years old or whatever the hell he is. So for her to take that shot to the jaw. Like, that was that was impressive. And they had to sneak up on her. It wasn't like it was a fair fight. They snuck up on her. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, kind of gave you an idea of how badass she was. It's like, okay, they respect her enough. And Finn probably filled her in was like, listen, she's, you know... First of all, Gwendolyn Christie is fucking six foot three in real life. Yeah. So... She's a monster. I love it. So... She's already very tall. Yeah. Then you add all this armor and, and like, I'm sure, like, those boots have lifts in them. So she's probably mm-hmm. closer to seven feet now. Yeah. So it's like, all right, she's already big. She's strong. She's a warrior. She's a survivor. Like, I don't, I'm sure Finn doesn't know everything about her, but he knows enough to be like, she's dangerous. Mm-hmm. But we need her alive. So... What do you do? You send in your heaviest hitter to go after the heaviest hitter. Yeah. And, you know, that's what they did with Chewbacca. So that kind of gives you an idea of who she is and how powerful she is. For her to then get taken out by the garbage man of the the Star Star Killer base in the second film, like that pissed me off. Like that to me, and, and now more, the more I'm thinking about it, more now that I know that he really had no plans for this character, like, I think that kind of shows his contempt for having to deal with it. It's like, okay, I'll put her in the movie, but I'm going to do it on my terms. Mm-hmm. Like, well, Finn mean, taking it's... her out, that shouldn't have happened. Finn's no, not I a agree. fighter. But I think maybe it's because we were introduced with so many other characters as well. So, I mean, it sucks that she got, like, basically chucked to the side and then you have all these other characters that they're trying to reintroduce and it's like you know it's it's very disheartening like there's a character that has so much great potential and then to know that she wasn't supposed to survive and that the only reason why she's in this film is because of the backstories of the comic book series and now we have a character that's probably uh, hopefully it's not going to waste because there's so much potential and I think it's nice to have a villain in such a very male-dominated film, like where a lot of the villains are males. It's Mm -hmm. nice to have a female villain kind of, you know, changing things up a bit. And I just hope that that with Abrams coming back as director, I did not know that he was coming back as the director, which I hope that because his love for Phasma, I hope that it does kind of shine through in the next film and that she potentially does survive. Yeah, I th- I think she will. Um but I'm just I I'm hoping that Abrams does some great work with her and is able to bring her back and I mean if anybody can do it it's him. 
And yeah. I, would, I would definitely, uh, if I was going to entrust the future of the uh, franchise to anybody uh, and the Russo brothers weren't available. Although, I will say this. If they do a Phasma movie, I want Patty Jenkins directing it. That's, <laughs> that's what I want to see. Because of what she did with Wonder Woman, I think uh, she would be yeah. perfect. So She'd be amazing. So I think with that being said, we're going to go ahead and bring this episode to a close after we come back from break. So we'll hit our last break. We'll come back and uh, we'll give you a little uh, preview of coming attraction, so to speak. So uh, we will be right back. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday podcast. Hey, this is Miles, a.k.a. Mr. Most Days Off from the Best Darn Diddly Review Show. And you're listening to the Throwdown Thursday podcast. And we're back. So, I think uh, I think that was a, a pretty good discussion. I, I managed to keep my uh, anger at the Not last bad. Jedi. <laughs> for the most part contained but uh, maybe we'll save that for the 100th episode I'll just go on like some kind of epic rant on, <laughs> on something I don't know we have we have big plans for that 100th episode that's coming up in a couple of weeks we yeah. do? this is the first time hearing yeah we have big plans I don't know uh, <laughs> we're gonna get uh, Ray, Ray Park and uh, Albert Einstein is gonna be on Albert Einstein is gonna join us from nice. Beyond the Grave which is uh, pretty impressive. That's intense. Yeah, no, it's it's not going to be intense because uh, you know we're inside, so we don't need a tent. Um, don't laugh at it, so Jeanette. Don't laugh. I hope. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> don't encourage him. I was him. literally just thinking, much like camping, that would be an intense episode. Yes. Sorry, no, I'm sorry. right there with you, Patsy. If you, have, <laughs> if you have sex during camping, it's fucking intense. So. Mm-hmm. I am uh I'm going to say that 
if anybody has any questions or any thoughts that they'd like to share with us after this episode, you know, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter, on uh, the uh, whatchamacallit thing, face, face, face space. space. Uh, just, we are running a contest where if you give us your credit card information, uh, your mother's maiden name, your social security number, one if one of those numbers is the winning number... You win a date with Agent Nicole. After <laughs> after you pay the $40 application fee. We're still doing that. Wow. <laughs> I was not aware of that, so We're still doing that. So do just send list. us send us your first pet, your social security ni- number and your mother's name. I think people probably like name. this bitch doesn't even know Star Wars, so why would I want to take Also that? your credit card information, <laughs> debit card information, just put all that in the comments. And we'll pick a number at random, and if you get it, you win. This feels like prostitution. Like it's it's fraud. I'm trying to commit fraud. Um, but no, we don't have any contests running right now. Maybe we'll do it for the hundredth. I don't know. But um, Jeanette, I wanted to ask you. Um, so you are doing some YouTube videos. I want to give you the platform to pimp out your stuff. So please pimp out your stuff. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, over on the YouTubes, I am, uh, Jeanette Andromeda. So spelt the same way as you'll see in the show notes here, I'm sure. Um, and I am creating artwork via video and sharing random art challenges that I am doing slash finding. And uh, having a good arty time over there, usually with a bit of a horror spin. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still waiting for I like my butterfly things. picture. That's coming up soon, actually. <laughs> I've got uh, this. This week's video is all about hashtag mermaid because mermaid is a thing this month, and I'm very excited about it. So you're taking um, three, what- six hours of content and trying to chop it up to 30 minutes. Yeah. So <laughs> that one was. That, that particular tweet was about something I was editing this morning mm-hmm. um, because I had decided there's, there's this art uh, art challenge app that I have called the Artie Games app. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Psh, I'm going to do a challenge video. That'll be fun. I'll, uh, you know, give myself infinite amount of time just so I can make something cool. And I'll do an environment challenge and a character design challenge. <laughs> what could go wrong? Three hours. Eight hours later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, now I'm done. Oh, wait. Now I have to edit. <laughs> yeah, I saw that um, tweet and I was like, oh, my God, that poor girl. She's well, I managed to get eight hours of footage condensed into five um so far so good that's good good. (laughs) um i'm excited to see how that one is going to actually turn into a video and then after that my reward is to draw people as scary butterflies (laughs) oh man yeah I, i sent a picture uh to her actually from uh our infinity war Okay. recording with cookies shoved in my face okay i was just gonna ask she's like everyone that. send me a selfie so that's the, that was the best one oh, i we had were on hand to send you selfies i was not aware it was on twitter i'm sorry which, uh, you can follow jeanette on twitter where um you can follow me on at jeanette andromi so it's uh j-e-a-n-e-t-t-e-a-n-d-r-o-m-e um because andromeda did not fit yeah, i had to leave off draw the people too so that works 
I do draw people. I thought it, I thought it kind of worked. <laughs> I still sent a selfie to you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I felt because so uh, I'll probably be doing. I'm I'm gonna experiment with live streaming doing the scary butterflies one mm-hmm. just because it'd be more fun. Oh, um, man. But that is a challenge I have yet to figure out. So uh, it might just be on Instagram. <laughs> uh, also, <laughs> where the live stream will happen. Uh, it, what is your uh, your Instagram? Is it the same? Yep, that is Jeanette Andromeda on Instagram. Okay, they give you a little more characters, so. Um, yeah, I get away with more over there. Definitely feel free to, and I tell this to everybody, share your, your work in the Facebook group because we definitely uh, want to support you. And where, where else I'll post can people... more of my obnoxious videos for you. Yes, <laughs> please. So where else can people find you, find your work, You know, maybe uh, give you money for stuff? Do you have any anything like that set up? I do, actually. I have a brand new, freshly minted Patreon um, that is up. Also, patreon.com slash Jeanette Andromeda. Um, no spaces there. And... At this stage of the game, anyone who joins my Patreon gets to really dictate what they want from me because it's a fresh baby thing. I have some rewards set up that are just kind of basic things, but at this point, it's like, what do you want for $2 a month? Well, insert answer here, and I will do it. (laughs) So you can basically be Jeanette's boss. Yeah. (laughs) Pay two bucks a month, and you can boss her around. Well, not really, but creatively. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, draw this. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I think uh, that'll pretty much do it. What are we talking about next week, Agent Nicole? In our... We are going to talk about Gwendolyn and Christie's kind of breakout role from the lovely show of Game of Thrones. We are going to talk about Brienne of Tarth. Oh, yeah. And Jeanette, will you be joining us again? Oh, hell yeah. Okay, good, because you are staying another week with us. We will feed you. We will give you whatever you want. There's some M&Ms under the couch. $2 a day. $2 a day. We contributed to her pay. Wow, I got a raise. (laughs) She has to stay here a week. Yep. So I think uh, we're going to go ahead and bring this episode to a close, and we will see see you next Thursday. Thursday.